Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name's Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello. I'm not Peter. You're not Peter. No. Peter's, uh, he's on holiday, which is code for he just couldn't face coming into the office this week. Yeah. He's just sick of it. He's sick of it all. I don't Um, blame him. He's here so late all the time. It's it's crazy. I keep telling him to go home and he won't. Works like a dog. He's a naughty boy, but he's he's on holiday this week. So we've got Sam here, Sam from Cultaholic. You you will know him from from all of his wrestling endeavors, of course. That's me, Mr. Wrestling Man. Yes. Yeah. The host of of Graded for NXT and 205 Live. That's the one. Which yep. usually records directly after us in in this studio. Yep. When we do the podcast. So we we that's the only time we talk though. It's like Pretty okay, much, Sam, yeah. you can go in now. And... <laughs> But Sam, you're a big video game fan. Yes. And uh, you're very kindly helping out this week while Peter is away. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. I don't often get a chance to talk about games a lot, so... Well, we're, I'm, I'm excited to have you. We've got oh. all sorts of questions. We'll find out all about you and you know, what, you're, what you're made of and all sorts of stuff <laughs> like that. Just be- guts, gristle, before- coffee. <laughs> and anger. Yeah. Before we get started, though, we, we do have a sponsor this week. It's totally real. Right. Um, I've got the ad read here. Are you ready? I'm ready. So this is for a new form of sort of antivirus software. Right. Real life. Have you ever sort of played games and you've had a condescending elderly person suggest that maybe it's not uh, it's not really a, a good use of your time? Yes. They say, well, this is stupid, and so on and so forth. Well, introducing the OAP antivirus shield. <laughs> this is This is actually a real knight who carries around a shield who will keep elderly people at bay. And there, there is a premium version available because I know hashtag not all OAPs, right? Yeah. Uh, some, some of them love it. Some of them love the video games. So you can get a premium version where the knight will actually, he can tell the difference. Or she so can tell the difference. Is this a subscription-based service? Do you just stop paying one month and the knight disappears? I, I don't know. Do I you suppose. have to, do you pay for him to eat? Does he eat? Is he human? I feel like the she, knight. Is, is the knight human? I feel like the knight will take care of the knight self. Uh, I, I suppose in this scenario you can't worry too much about the night. What You've... about my garden? Like, if he's is he going is it going to be like Dark Souls? Is he going to be making little campfires? I think that would be an added benefit of the night, right? In, in this scenario, 
but it is exciting because it doesn't just apply to video games. The knight shields you from all OAPs at all times. Oh, so if okay. you were to go, you know, when you go into town on a Saturday morning and you and it's full of old people and they keep very stopping, slowly, yeah, and you're thinking you don't work. Why weren't you here during the week when we when we were at when we were at work? Uh, oh, you go into Greg's and all the stuff's gone. And you're like, right, well, the Opes have got them, haven't they? <laughs> the knight will just just go to town with that shield. And that is the exciting future that the OAP that's, antivirus shield can offer. That's so much better than my original plan for this was to yeah. somehow become dictator of the United Kingdom, which okay. is apparently a thing you can do now. Well, yeah, you um, don't have to be elected anymore. That's yeah. been proven. You can just shut it all down. Um, but my plan was to become the dictator, rule with an iron fist, but I was going to paint like lanes on all of the paths and all the ah. shopping centers and one is red one is yeah. yellow one's green greens for people like us who just know where we need to go yeah the good folks you sort of just jump in and that's it you can be in and out of town in 20 minutes mm -hmm. whereas like everybody over a set age will be constricted to the red mm -hmm. unless they can prove they're worthy of the yellow yes and then kids and families go in the yellow because the other thing is prams right. can we get an add-on that will take care of like families it's a bit of a dark question. Uh, well, that. yeah, it's, it's, it's a family plan. I think then we're sort of straying into almost... Infanticide. Uh, yeah, sort of infanticide <laughs> and maybe some kind of two-, three-tiered society. That, yeah. That we're, where we're it fast It works tracked. for Mega City 1. Sure. No crime there. <laughs> uh, so that is the OAP antivirus shield. But it's a lie, Sam! We've, we've got them! We, we, we fooled them all. That's not the real sponsor this week. It's our wonderful patrons at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Unfortunately, the OAP antivirus shield is is still, the technology's not there yet. Somebody needs to get on that. It could happen. It could happen. I'm just saying be ready for the future. And if if it does happen, then we're so far. The thing is, the they've, got, they've got us by the balls there, though, because you know for a fact they're going to release skin packs and they're going to be like, oh, you know, 40 God. quid each. And you can have a knight who's got like all of his armor on, but also like, I don't know, like a big furry head. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it's going to cost you. You might get the Dark Knight. Yeah. There's all sorts of different variants, but you've got to get them out of a, a loot crate, a questionable pachinko-style loot crate. And it is just a huge slot machine in London. Yes. Yeah. You have to go to London as well. It's it's a whole <laughs> thing. You know what? They're, they're a terrible sponsor. We'll talk about them again at the end, but whatever. Question one from our wonderful patrons. Uh, if you support us on Patreon, you can submit questions to the show. That's the only way you can get questions on. Yes. If you support us at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. First up is David Cutler, who asks, what are your preferences for having subtitles on in games? I can never decide between the trade-off of missing important plot moments versus losing immersion and being able to read ahead and spoil key moments. What do you think of subtitles, just in general, in it's, regards to Netflix, for example? It's a big thing for me. Like, I, I watch a lot of world cinema, sort of, because mm -hmm. I did film at uni and all that stuff, and I watch a lot of wanky films. But, like, <laughs> uh, so I'm sort of used to reading subtitles a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the only trade-off there is that, yeah, you're going to miss a lot of, like, brilliant cinematography or whatever you're going to miss. But, like, you... And sometimes you will ruin a plot point by reading ahead. But... <sighs> Yeah, like there's been times where I've just left them on, where like I've got the TV like quiet in the background mm -hmm. and I'll just sort of like be doing something else, like just reading or whatever, and I'll just look up and I'll be able to sort of read what's happening. But yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's a very valuable tool, as you said, with, with world world films and, and tangentially then by uh for for foreign games, for Japanese games yeah. in particular, that kind of thing, if you want to play it with the original dub. But yeah, I think games perhaps even more so than films, 
you you miss so much, especially if you're actually playing. Yeah. How are you meant to do? How are you meant to do both? I don't understand. It was, it was a big problem for me with uh, well, it's games like Just Cause. I'm a big fan of the Just Cause series, even mm-hmm. though four is an unfinished mess. But it's it's still fun. It's <laughs> still fun. It's a sandbox um, with physics in. Or like the the dark. Uh, sorry, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's oh, a film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arkham Knight. Like, yes. Uh, the, you'll often just find yourself walking around and. The weirdest thing is when you just sort of pass like a gang of nearby enemies, like a gaggle mm-hmm. of guys stood around a fire with baseball bats doing this. Yeah. Um, and Keep it will just walking, it'll, but it'll, it'll all of a sudden pop up, but it'll be so quick you miss it, and so yeah. you go back and you're, what what have I missed? Mm-hmm. I think it can sort of have a negative effect like that. But yeah. I've got a few examples here in particular. I wanted the most recent one for me was Sekiro. Yes. Which obviously the default was the Japanese dub with mm-hmm. English subtitles, but you could also have the English dub with uh, with Japanese subtitles, I suppose, if you're, <laughs> you're mad. Um, for me, a lot of people were like, well, if you want to get the legit experience, you've got to play with a Japanese dub and with the English subtitles. And to them, I say, you're stupid, because that game is bloody hard. And I'm concentrating... <laughs> I rage quit that after about... An hour or so? I, I just I couldn't. I just couldn't, yeah. You're concentrating so hard on not dying that the last thing you want to be doing is looking down at subtitles. Yeah. I'd, I, as much as I appreciate that it's set in Japan and it should have Japanese voice acting, I'm perfectly happy with the English voice acting. I think it's fine. It's funny because in games I'd say it was fine. In a film, I am not watching a dub. Mm. Like I just can't do it. It's so... I don't know if it's because it's real faces... Right. Uh, and you're watching their mouths move, and it's just some guy going, "No, it's over there," and, <laughs> and their mouths still going, yeah. "Yeah," like that sort of thing really takes me out of it. But with games, I guess it's, I, I just sort of think it's, it's all right. They can usually do. There's usually some kind of. Uh, sort of post-effect lip-syncing yeah. thing they can apply to sort of try and match up. Like the the earlier Metal Gear Solid games, for example. Yeah. Like You wouldn't know that they were originally Japanese. Just if we just stayed PS2. in PS1 era, just mouths just had to do that. Yeah, or it not even fine. move at all. Yeah. Sometimes they just sort of shake a bit. Like, <laughs> now I'm talking. Now I'm talking. Uh, the other points I've got down here are a bad audio mix is a time I would apply subtitles. Yes. If, yeah. if I've had numerous games where I've got you know, standard TV speakers, you rotate the, the right analog stick slightly and the camera moves around, and then all the audio just disappears. Or you take too too many steps away from them, the audio mix just goes, and you just can't hear them anymore. This has become such a problem with HDMI uh, and standard TV speakers. It's like when you watch a film on Netflix and it's a super action film, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's, it's just a bit where there's no action and they're all doing a bit of a talk. Yeah. And it's super quiet, so you turn it all the way up. Yeah. And then there's an explosion and your neighbours are banging on the wall because it's so loud and you're dying and you're eyelashes have been ripped yeah. off and it's like the old uh, is it THX advert or Maxwell mm-hmm. advert where he sat in the chair <laughs> yeah it is it is that it's that always frustrates me it doesn't happen so much anymore but I remember specifically yeah. on PS3 I had that a lot of the time uh, games with lots of weird lore like The Witcher and Dragon Age when yeah. they're popping up all kinds of I, weird I need to be able stuff. to read that like, I don't know if he's just said something strange or, or if that's just the accent he's got and he said something normal, I can't understand. What but, is Kaer Morhen? How is that spelled? How else are you going to learn how to spell Parthenax? Well, you yeah. need to know, don't you? All, all these dwarven names and things, you kind of need to know. I think those are the examples. Generally, no, I don't have subtitles on in games. I try to remove as much 
interference as possible. I turn off all I notifications fight. and stuff. So As much as I hate, I fight really hard to turn them off and then I'll often find myself turning them on because I played a lot of point and click as a kid and so right. that was always like either just subtitles or a, a, like a dub with subtitles over the top. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's still something that even though it takes me out of it, I still for some reason compulsively do it just in case I miss something or... I suppose yeah. in that kind of game, it's really important, isn't it? To Because to, I tune out all the time. Unfortunately, yeah. games are far more forgiving now than they used to be. Can but, we get subtitles on FIFA? Can we do that? Oh, my God. Can you imagine great. subtitles <laughs> on FIFA? Surely that's a thing, right? It's got to be, surely, yeah. For that a, must be mental, though. Like an accessibility tool, I guess. Yeah. But it's it would never really be able to... It would just flash up in the moment because it's not... A FIFA matches uh, voiceover is is reactive. It's just a big, it's a big flowchart, isn't right, it? Right, yeah. exactly. So like, it would just pop up for a second and then disappear again as soon as it's being said. It wouldn't like you wouldn't be able to read ahead to like who's going to score the next goal. When you're goal. watching BBC News live and they're right. getting it wrong constantly, and it's at the bottom and it's like four seconds behind, and then they're ahead for some reason and yeah. it's just untrackable. At some point, you just see them mistype a name and then they're like. You can you can hear them sigh, and then you can see them backspacing <laughs> to type it again. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, FIFA with subtitles, that's the dream. Let's move on to a groundbreaking segment, Sam. Right. It's uh, unparalleled in journalistic media. Okay. It's called What We Play In. It's time for What We Play In. It's a section where we talk about what we... Play, 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 play in? That's it. That's, yeah. Sorry, I nearly, nearly forgot it there. That was close. Sam, what have you been playing? Uh, I'm I'm a weirdo, so I uh, I've recently got a Dreamcast because okay. I I never I never really had a Dreamcast as a kid, so I I wanted to get a Dreamcast. I've been playing through things like Sonic Adventure again, which is always fun. Right. But the big game I've been uh, playing and caning a lot of, but trying to manage my time on it because I don't want to finish it too quickly. I want to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Shemu? Okay. Like Shemu one, uh, wow. so yeah, I paid thirty eight quid for it, and it's in an a battered box. Yeah, Dreamcast copy. But the discs are in perfect condition. It came with all the manuals, and I've been playing my way through it. And my favorite thing about Shemu at the moment is uh, how bad the voice acting is. Yeah, I've heard that it's pretty notorious. Yeah, so they uh, they released it in Japan with like an actual cast of of real voice actors and everything. And I think the rumor goes that uh, PlayStation dropped the PS2. And Dreamcast knew they had something huge with Shenmue if they could get it to the American market because it was sort of the first, first Heavy Rain style game, I guess, wasn't mm. it? Like one of the first, anyway, where it's sort of reactive playable film. They sort of they invented yeah. like a word for it. I can't remember. Like there's an acronym oh, that they invented. I think it's uh, interactive story something or other. Yeah, they, they've sure. got like an actual. It's like a word like dream, and each letter stands Ooh, for something. Wow. Um, but yeah, like when they dropped the PS2. Uh, Sega sort of crapped themselves and went, oh no, so PS2 is going to be huge in the West, as we all know. Like, it was always going to be huge in the West. And they went, well, we need to maximize the Dreamcast, so let's get Shenmue out as quick as possible. And they were like, look, it's going to take a year to get this done properly. If you want real voice actors, you want it to be great. And they were like, don't worry about that. Just find every English speaker (laughs) in Japan. So they, they sort of found as many people that could speak English as possible. And so the result is every child in the game has the same voice. Yep. And they're all like, hey, mister, mister, play with me. Regardless of the fact if they're a boy or a girl, there's like the shopkeepers sound so unsure about everything. It's like you've got to look for this guy called Charlie at one point quite early in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to 
sort of build a little character around like what does he do he's a bit of a troublemaker he hangs out by the arcade okay go to the arcade talk to some shopkeepers oh yeah he stole some stuff from me but like the way they talk it's like Charlie yes I've seen Charlie Charlie comes around the shop and he peruses the jackets and it's it's prop and then the opening oh scene like Rio the uh the, the main character Rio is like <laughs> the opening scene it's not going to spoil anything for anybody but you essentially watch- what are you talking about I haven't played this 20 year old game <laughs> You you watch your father uh, sort of being attacked. He's come home from school, I think, and uh, there's somebody there beating up his dad, and he wants to know about this mirror. And mm-hmm. you watch your dad die in front of you because he won't give it up. Um, but when it happens, <laughs> Rio rushes forwards, and he's like, "Father, father, no, <laughs> no!" And he's like, starts looking up at the sky, and I don't think his mouth even moves. I think it's just like, "No, father." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember you excitedly showing us this clip it's in the pub. So great, it's so ridiculous. It was, yeah. Well, other than that, yeah. Shenmue. I've been. Um, I have a Raspberry Pi, so I've been going back over a lot of old nice. stuff. And uh, yeah, no. It just I. I started Arkham Knight again. Uh, like yeah. yesterday, I've been p- picking up Just Cause whenever I can, and uh, I started Crackdown Three, but I mm-hmm. forgot that Crack because I was really excited because I never got to play two. Okay. Um, Crackdown 3 like, is the newest one, right? Yeah, and there was the one they promised all the destructible stuff that never really delivered. Right. But uh, I was so like, yeah, it's fun. You sort of become a big superhero, but I forgot that it's a big grind to get to that point. You've got to collect those agility orbs, agent. Oh. And yeah. So what about you? What have you been playing? I'll tell you what I've been playing. Um, I've played a little bit of, in fact, by the time this goes out, I will have played a fair bit of uh, more Borderlands 2. People who listen slash watch this I podcast. I need to go back over Borderlands. All I've been talking about the entire year is Borderlands. Just because Game of the Year edition came out, and then I went back and played the pre-sequel, and then yeah. you know we've got we've got our, a good friend over at Gearbox who you've actually met, I think, called uh, Patrick Fenn. He gave you some stuff. I think he uh, gave it to Jack. Oh, did he? Because it, it came oh. back, and I was like, "Where's all this come from?" It's like somebody in the audience was like. I'm sure yeah. this is like a dev signed copy of the game. It is. So Patrick's a wrestling fan. W- yeah. What was it? It was an a- AEW. It show. was a, a double or nothing when double. we were in Las Vegas. I think it was on uh, our first show, our first live show we did. Right. So, yes. yeah. So he he came and he said he was going to give you some stuff to bring back, and it was yeah. a signed. And copy there was a tiny little Billy Ray as well. There is. Yeah, he's on my desk. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so I'm doing, or I will have done, a stream with him on the lead up to Borderland 3's release in sort of like a, a well, next week actually, for God's sake, it's so close. I'm so excited. Um, we, we're playing a bit of uh, Borderlands 2, the Commander Lilith Fight for Sanctuary DLC, which was, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the last piece of DLC for Borderlands 2 was probably like 2013, 2014. <laughs> this released this year. As, I mean, it's a like dedicated fan base. Between, but it's amazing. It's, yeah. like, it's really substantial. And it was free as well. Really? Yeah. So nice. it, it was really good. Will and, I get that uh, on the Golden Collection? The Handsome Collection. The Handsome Collection. That's um, enough Golden Collection. Jesus. It, it's, not in, it's not included in it, but it's it's on whatever storefront you have available to you for free. So I can, yeah, I can download so you can just it. Just go and download Sweet. it, yeah. And uh, he came... I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say it. I'm sure I am. But he, in preparation yesterday at the time of recording for the stream... Uh, he came into my game and he has special dev tools and he was just vomiting up randomly generated top tier <laughs> loot. And I was like, this is the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. This is incredible. I've never seen half these weapons. Like, oh, uh, give this shield a go. And I put it on and it's like the, the, the legendary tortoise or something. And it's got this ridiculous uh, shield capacity that's like way higher than anything else in the game. Yeah. But you move at like... 
half speed. And I was just like, what's happened to me? I don't understand. I'm so slow now. I guess it's just for, for moments of heavy, heavy action. Yeah, maybe. Just you want to be a tank of some yeah. kind. Anyway, so that was Borderlands 2. The main thing I've played actually is The Walking Dead Season 2, which I didn't get around to playing originally mm. because it came out about the time the PS4 launched. Oh, you, yeah, you've told me about this. Yeah, yeah. and it was really you annoying. hold off. Because Telltale kind of, and I actually, no, I'm not going to mince words. They half-assed this, to be honest. I think the game is really good, and I'll talk about it in a second. But they half-assed the fact that there was no cross-save functionality between your PS3 save for The Walking Dead Season 1. Because The Walking Dead Season 1 wasn't out on PS4 at that time. Yeah, um, They didn't support that. So if you were going to play The Walking Dead Season 2, you had to play it from scratch with no previous save imported, oh. which really, really annoyed me. They then also, despite basically getting a lot of love and support and adulation from the trophy collecting community yeah. for The Walking Dead Season 1, which gave you a platinum for finishing all of the episodes. This one, they did the weirdest thing where each chapter, each episode is considered a DLC to the first episode. So there's no platinum. There's just like five subsects of the trophy list. And it's super weird. But every game should have a platinum. Every game should have a platinum. Yeah. Every game should. So that was weird as well. But it was free on Plus a while ago and I hadn't gotten around to playing it. and, And I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's you know it's got the usual bugginess that you expect with a Telltale game. Yeah. It's just a bit clanky sometimes. Uh, one of the characters I put a lot of time into supporting, even though he was one of those characters that you could tell was just put there to be an ass, basically. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to fight his corner. And then he was killed off screen with with no like it wasn't the result of any decision I made. I just arrived at a place and he was already dead. And I was like, that, that well, okay, he's just that. Pff, I was going to say, was the you, voice actor not available or something? I don't understand. You can't really speak ill of the dead, but Telltale are back now, so they are you, back? you can speak as ill as you like. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Take that, Telltale. How dare you? But no, it's great. I don't know if I'm going to jump straight into the third season or not, yeah. but um, I, I might get on it eventually. I finished a game recently, actually, for the first time in a good six or seven mm. months. I uh, I played through Thimbleweed Park and I couldn't put it down. I've heard a lot about that game. It's fantastic. It's sort yeah. of it's by some of the original team that worked at LucasArts. I think it's the guys that made Monkey Island, maybe. Okay. Uh, or Maniac Mansion, or but it's some of the original guys there, and mm. um, it, it's just amazing. And it's the humor sort of matured because they know they're going to have probably a little bit of an older audience. Right. Uh, it's a lot of in jokes about the old game systems and scum and all that stuff. And it's okay. if you're a big point and click guy, like or girl, like if you're a big fan of it, yeah. Uh, then yeah, check it out because it's it's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. It gets really meta toward the end as well. It's mental. I'm not like I'm not the biggest point and click fan. Is it? Do you think I could go in and enjoy it for the atmosphere and the story? And I think you could get about three quarters of the way through the game pretty easily and then if you had to resort to a walkthrough, do it because it's worth okay. just for it's worth it just for sort of the end. Um, right. But it's definitely a lot of fun. It sort of minces x files Twin peaks weird. Like a guy turns mm-hmm. up dead um, at the start of the game and you are these agents except one of you might not be an agent. And then everything starts to feel weird. And then the town seems to just be trying to drive you out. So you can't solve the crime. Uh, And it's quite humorous. And you get to play as a swearing clown. Well, I mean, I'm sold already. (laughs) I've got a similar recommendation for you, though, if you're interested. Oxenfree. I've I've had this downloaded for ages and I haven't played it yet. It's not really point and click adventure, but it's in that style. And it's like it's spooky and weird. It had an ARG around it, right? 
was AI. Like an alternate reality game where it oh, involves know, like actually. websites and codes and phones. And... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. There's a lot of it's all about like radio signals yeah. and the, you know these kids go go to an abandoned island and stay there and then spooky stuff starts happening. But it's not oh. too spooky. But it's it's really good and you get to. Uh, pick your dialogue on the fly and stuff yeah. and people will react differently to you based on you, what you say and it's really good it's like it blew me away and I got it in a sale last year and I thought it was fantastic so I'd recommend that right it's time to move on to another question Sam Ooh. what we got oh it's me doing this it's you okay. you're doing wow. a read Ooh, are you ready uh, so this one's from Mike Bell uh, and he says, there was a brief spell when Toys to Life were a craze, what with Amiibos, Skylanders, and Lego Dimensions. What do you think of the concept, and did you guys ever have any? No, I didn't have any. Did you have any? No, but uh, my girlfriend does. She collects Amiibos for sort of the aesthetic. I think Only Amiibos Zelda ones, cool. though, because she's a really? massive Zelda fan. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people do collect the Amiibos just for the aesthetics rather yeah. than the benefit. And that they knew what they were doing with that. It's Nintendo. Exactly. I don't think many people have used their Amiibos like, in any form of I game, wanted, I wanted the little knitted Yoshi. And yeah. I, I didn't even have a Switch or a Wii U at the time. Like, <laughs> I've got a Bloodborne Totaku, which is another variant on it. I don't know. It don't think, I, sorry. I don't think it has any game... Um, sort of interactivity to it, but yeah. they did similar to Amiibo kind of things, and there's, you can get Bloodborne Hunters and like God of yeah. War figures and stuff like that, which were pretty cool. But these these toys to life games have very much died a death now. Yeah, sort of recently you had was it Disney Infinity really targeted kids that seemed yeah. to do really well, and then that was I think the first big casualty was Disney Infinity. Mm -hmm. I remember you going to Asda and they were just selling them all for like a quid. It's crazy. And Skylanders as well. I don't think Peter will ever forgive Activision for what they did to poor Spyro. Yeah. The it, horrible I mean, goblin Spyro with oh, his stunted nose. It was nose awful. Just awful. Disgusting. But that had a huge following as well. Yeah. I, I was, they had a TV series, right? Well, yeah, I was doing yeah. a bit of research into this. Apparently there was a Skylanders Academy Netflix series. It, it got four seasons in and then was cancelled this year. I never wow. heard of it. But apparently the, the kids go wild for it. Um, so that's done. The last Skylanders release that we got was December of last year, but that mm. was a mobile game. And I imagine that probably, if it does have Sp Spyro, wasn't even a star by the end, was he? he was no, just he there. was just a, an ancillary character in a series named after him. Mental. Were the Lego Dimensions figures ones you built, I guess? I think so. So Lego yeah. Dimensions, there they was a lot of... like a base, I guess, that went on the, the stand, but you built the figure into the base, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and you could, like, customize... You could just build anything out of the blocks and then scan it in or that something was it, like yeah. that. But this was one that people were very excited about because I rewatched the trailer for this when I was putting together the notes. And mm. it's mental because it's basically every license Lego has access to. So there was Batman, Lord of the Rings, Ghostbusters, Scooby-Doo... Back to the Future, just all existing in this one trailer. Horrible dimension. Yeah, they're this, all trapped this in this purgatory of our creation. All these weird underdog heroes <laughs> and their horrifying odds that they've now all got to overcome together. Scooby Doo versus the Joker. Can you imagine? Yeah, it'd die really fast. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I'm interested in is amiibos don't seem to be going anywhere. No, um, and I wonder if they're going to start bringing in external licenses. Especially now that we've got Banjo in 
Smash? Yeah, yeah. Like, are we going to... Cuphead. Uh, in yeah, are we going to start seeing these licenses coming in? Well, there's a lot of talk of this buddy-buddy uh, relationship that's blooming between Nintendo and Microsoft well, now. They Well, it, it all sort of started with Xbox Live going onto the Switch, right? There's like a weird... There was like There's talks something. of some weird thing. I think you can get an app or I don't know if it links up so you can talk to your friends while you're playing Switch or maybe if you're playing a third-party game, I, y- mm. you get the achievements maybe. I don't know. But, Not entirely sure. Um, it all started there. And then obviously Microsoft mercilessly gutted Rare for a long time and yes. seemed to be now giving them a bit more freedom. But mm. the, the idea of Banjo back on Nintendo... And then... It, it's fascinating. Maybe it could lead to a new Banjo game, which a lot of people thought was what was happening initially. Mm-hmm. I remember that the, and the initial outrage of like, <laughs> oh, but he's coming to Smash. Oh, but we just wanted another game. It's and, a start. It's a start. Yeah. At least. But like the, the creator uh, of Banjo or, or one of the guys, uh, no, it, it was somebody at Nintendo. It was last night. He urged people to go uh, onto Xbox and play Banjo because it's available obviously through Xbox's store and the Rare Replay. That is but, Peculiar. Do you think there'll be any other crossovers? Do you think we could maybe see a return of Rare to uh, Nintendo and it becoming like a, a dual platform? Some kind of loan system, perhaps. I mean, Nintendo's got a lot of stuff that Microsoft is after, and God knows Nintendo needs as much help with their online infrastructure as possible, yeah. and Microsoft has got that just down to a T. So I don't know. It would be really interesting to see, though. I, yeah. I have no real horse in this race, apart from just being an observer, because I don't really play on either platform, but yeah. it's, it's super fascinating. I'm just trying to think of what other franchises we could see brought across from Rare's mm. past, like... I mean, there's a lot of classics. They're stuff, not going to bring there? Conquer back. Probably not anymore. <laughs> not, not on Nintendo. Not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably Viva Pinata. I can imagine that yeah. happening. Yeah. Get a Viva Pinata amiibo, maybe. Yeah. But amiibos, I feel like uh, they're sort of immune to all this anyway, because they're they they are sort of part of the toys to life conversation. But yeah. they're also they're collectors' things. People yeah. like to buy them and have them. And I sort of get that to an extent with the. Uh, the what was it the Disney Disney Infinity Disney Infinity yeah as well because there was a lot of Marvel stuff too and you go into CEX and there's like Spider Man fig- and they're still like fifteen quid they were pretty big figures as well as far as they go on the sort of toys to life sort of scale like it's yeah. it's they were pretty big and sizable so if they were cheap enough I imagine parents would just buy them for their kid yeah and yeah but in terms of the wider toys to life discussion I don't think we're going to see anything like that for a while especially as games continue to move towards streaming and digital media and games as a service i think it's it's less and less palatable especially for parents to be buying big chunky accessories that are just going to sit in a box under the tv forever yeah i think that i think this this was their time to have that moment and now everybody who's every parent who's been through that and every adult who bought that stuff as well just like guitar hero now knows that yeah it's fun for a month and now I've got all this plastic stuff that but has no purpose. Most people I know that collected them wound up just leaving them boxed and getting the little uh, RF cards. Oh, yeah, little, so you can just little, like, them pieces all... of paper, you just swipe on it. That's like, it's yeah. not part of the fun, is it? It's like no. the Lego movie where they use super glue. You've got to take them out. You've got to let them breathe. Let them have some fun. No, I understand about keeping things in the box. I'm a nerd. I get it. Sam, it's time to move on to something very weird. Yes. Are you ready? I, I might be ready. For some weird news. It's time for weird news. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Weird news time. This is a bit where we both bring along some strange news from the world of games. Sam, I believe you have some weird news. Well, I am from the world of wrestling primarily, yes. uh, and something very interesting tying wrestling to gaming has happened this week. Just fell into your lap. Just fell into my lap Perfect straight away. Timing. Uh, Dave Batista is going to be a playable character in Gears of War 5. And not only that, I think people are reporting that it's not Dave Batista the actor, it's Batista the wrestler. It's the gimmick. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not even Dave Bautista. It's, yeah. it's not Drax. When, when you're playing as him, it better just be his theme the entire time. Do, just do, that, that big, do, do, yeah. Do, do. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, should I read out the article from PC Gamer? Yeah, let us know all about it. Uh, so, uh, Drax the Animal in Gears 5, he'll portray himself. Dave Bautista has made no secret of the fact that he wants to star in a Gears of War movie. He and Terry Crews have been really campaigning really? for it. Yeah. Is there... Okay, this this is a question for you, perhaps, as someone who's probably played Gears before. Yeah. There's a new Gears game out very soon. We're going to cover it on the channel a little bit. We'll try to anyway. Yeah. Is there much love for Gears anymore? Is it, or is it like every other video game movie where they've tried to make it for a decade, like Bioshock or yeah. Uncharted, and they're like, we're ready to go, and everyone's like, it's too late. You've missed I, the boat. I think Gears 5 is the only thing that could maybe make people interested in a Gears movie. Right. Um, okay. But Gears is sort of... It depends who you ask, because a lot of people are like, well, 1 and 2 were great. A lot of people are like, well, 1, 2, and 3 were great. A lot of mm. people were like, well, 2 was amazing. Like, it, <laughs> People are so like divisive on Gears, but like, I think there's a diehard enough fan base, but for me, the weird thing about a Gears movie is, I always thought it was one of those unfilmable franchises, but right. oh, they'll find a way. They will find a way. Look yeah. at Tomb Raider. Although Tomb Raider 2 has a new director. Has it? And it's Ben Wheatley who made Kill List and Sightseers, and okay. he's, he's a very violent director, so it could be a horribly violent film. I mean, she does kill a lot of people, to be fair. <laughs> so why not embrace it? Go full, Go full hog. But yes, I'll get back to my article. Okay. Um, uh, he seems like a natural fit. He's huge, scowly, and famously violent, but despite his enthusiasm, he's not very confident, that's in red, that it's going to happen. So a compromise, he'll appear as himself in Gears 5. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. 
Uh, he tweeted, It's about damn time. Players me and hashtag Gears 5 starting September 15th after at WWE Clash of Champions at Xbox at Gears of War at Dream... No, hashtag Dream Chaser. Sorry. Dream Chaser, Whoa. yes. I got too excited there, Ben. <laughs> There's a, at, whoever's got at Dream Chaser, congratulations. <laughs> we started with the fantasy of Batista as Marcus, putting Batista into Marcus's armor and starting with Marcus's script. Uh, then we added elements of the animal Batista... Oh, God, it is. The animal Batista into his voice performance and onto his look by adding his signature Hollywood shades to his character. They have only been a factor in his character for about five years. Give me it's, what I want. Like, he didn't turn up initially with the... Like, oh, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Director Rod Ferguson explained at Xbox.com, that was who's saying that. Uh, Batista was great in the booth, and I can't wait for Gears and Batista fans alike to stomp some swarm as the animal. Uh, Batista's appearance is part of a partnership between Xbox and WWE that will culminate in the Clash of Champions on WWE Network on September 15th. That's a pretty bum deal. I thought we'd maybe get Triple H in... See, that'd be... I, 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 like get all some, of Evolution in yeah. there. Ric Flair with a walking stick. Like, make something. Sunset Overdrive 2 with Ric Flair, yeah. <laughs> great. Oh, God, just flipping uh, everywhere. <laughs> Um, that's also when his character will become available uh, to unlock it you'll need to play any version of Gears 5 between then and October 28th when the promotion ends so there's only a limited time to get Big okay. Dave the animal so once um, you've got him can you keep playing as him or is he just available during that time I think he's available during that time and I imagine you'll be able to keep him after that okay. but it might just be a limited window so like get the right. game early if you want to get Batista and I wrestling see. fans will buy anything um, <laughs> Dave Batista is probably best known these days as Drax the Destroyer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of course but for my money he is and always will be the animal here is smashing here is smashing people I think that's supposed to say here he is smashing people oh. including Santa Claus and Edge twice on nice. two and through things no video no video just imagine the video yeah so it is it is the animal Batista WWE wrestler Batista yes you can usually tell by the spelling of his last name yes it's uh, they, they omit Batista. the U yeah yeah because <laughs> it's, it's scary yeah it's because it's too foreign isn't it we yeah, can't have that can't have that no. frightening uh, but yeah, he's got his... <laughs> the weirdest thing, as you said, is his, his red-tinted sunglasses. Yeah, like, he, he would wear sunglasses during his evolution days. Like, when they'd all come out in suits, he'd have, like, a small pair of those, like, weird architect sunglasses on sometimes. But, right. like, yeah, the red shades haven't really been a fixture. They're sort of like Hollywood Rock. He's, he's just stolen Hollywood Rock's sunglasses because right. The Rock did the same thing with the aviators. Mm -hmm. um, it was sort of... This is sort of skinny jeans Batista, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he comes back, you know, wearing a flat cap and it's like, you just look like somebody's dad. And a pink shirt. Yeah. It's like, who are you trying to be, Dave? You're you're... I mean, he's amazing. He's uh, one yeah, of my favourite well, guys of all but time. His, but when his moniker is... The animal. Yeah. And he's like, look at me. I've been golfing and selling real estate. The one it's thing weird. is, like, it's it's gone now, I believe. He has a tattoo that covers it. But I really, really wish, uh, and I hope, that on his character model, there's just a hole around his navel <laughs> and you still get that cute little belly button sun tattoo. For the longest That's time. That's the point where you can kill him. Batista like, whenever you're playing online. Had a belly button tattoo and it was... It was a tribal sun. It was sun. weirdly prominently featured. It looked like... It was in his his video package that played whenever yeah. he came out. Like his It was symbol. in his logo. Yeah, his yeah. logo was his belly button tattoo. Yeah. But you're right, in Gears of War, it should be critical hit if you hit Dave Batista's belly button yeah, tattoo. That, it's such a, such a time and a place tattoo. It looks like the cover of like a Godsmack album. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mad. So he's in. He's going to be in Gears Five yes. for a limited time. You can play as him in the multiplayer. Yes. Uh, so make sure if you log in and get that. Oh, maybe tell us all about it. Maybe they'll include a Batista bomb style fatality See, type they thing. Need to, right? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't use a chainsaw. He just 
and just maybe that's it. They, they do his, because his whole thing when he comes out as he pretends he's got a machine gun. Yeah, he does. Maybe they do that. Pyro goes that. off around him, but it's artillery. Yeah. And it just all rains down. That'd be amazing. Except he's vulnerable during it. So he's just standing there in the, in the middle <laughs> of the Taking damage. Going, yeah, just doing this fake hacker thing of boo, 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 and everyone's just beating the crap out yeah. of him. And he can't react because he's locked in this animation. Be amazing, but what's uh, what's your fate? What's your weird news? Fake so news? Jesus. My fake news? No, it's not fake news. <laughs> fake news. That's why. That's why it is weird. Is yeah. it's it's real. So, firstly, unfortunately, I can't give a full follow up. But last week on Weird News, I spoke about Brexit Royale, right? Which is not a real game, but was in fact it should be. It was invented by a um, uh, sort of a PR firm, right? And the Daily Mail fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Of course, of course, they did. Yeah. And it was an article discussing it and like what it's purportedly supposed to, supposed to be about. And that actually, when they spoke to the PR firm, they confirmed that it wasn't real. Yeah. The PR firm DM'd Peter this week, <laughs> and uh, uh, my DMs are closed. Otherwise, I'm sh- I'm sure they would have reached out to me. <laughs> but uh, they DM'd Peter, and Peter forwarded it on. And uh, basically, they said that uh, you know, thank you for featuring it on the podcast. You know, we'd love to clear up some. Uh, inaccuracies that were in the uh, the article that we read, um, and uh, and and Peter gave them my email address and said, you know, I'm away this week, but feel free to reach out to my colleague. And I haven't heard from them. I haven't heard from them. So hopefully next week we'll be able to do a proper follow up on the Brexit finale, Royale, Brexit and, Royale, and sort of maybe provide a bit maybe, more context. Maybe but. they'll wait until the deadline. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll we'll delay it, or I'll vote Peter out of office, or impeach him, or something. I don't know, something like that. Anyway, so in as a replacement for this week, because I was waiting until the last minute for this right. to come through, because I thought, well, they'll get in touch, but they didn't. So this is from Polygon, and I don't know if you remember Sam at E3 2019, the internet fell in love with Ikumi Nakamura. Yes. From uh, where? Where are we? Who, who, the, it was from Ghostwire Tokyo. Was the was the game that she was working on? They right. were presenting it at the Bethesda conference, and she was full of life and nervous charisma and did a weird <laughs> dance move yeah. or something. And people went mad for her. It's not really weird, but I just wanted to give an update on an internet star. She's leaving. She's leaving? She's leaving that company. So Is she going to become a full-time public speaker? I certainly hope so. One of the bright spots of this year's E3, some would say even brighter than the surprise, there's a massive full-screen oh, full advert screen for advert. BP. Lovely. Thanks, Polygon. Don't go to BP. <laughs> Screw BP. Let me just scroll back down. Oh, no, it's just replaced everything I was looking at. Here we go again. This is why you printed yours off. I didn't. This is this is the dangers. Uh, one of the bright spots of this year's E3, some would say even brighter than the surprise appearance of Keanu Reeves, was the presentation by Akumi Nakamura, the creative director, art director, and senior concept artist at Tango Gameworks, the developer behind The Evil Within. And she was on hand there to promote the studio's newest title, Ghostwire Tokyo. Today comes the word that she's now departing from the studio, with no clear indication as to where she'll end up next. What did you think of her at the time? Because a lot of people were weird about it. Like, yeah, I mean, creepy. it's always the way, isn't it? It was like when, when Russia annexed Crimea and everybody Just fell like in that. love with that. Everybody fell in love with the, was it like a Ukrainian Oh, yes, there was a Ukrainian. Yeah, there was yeah. a, oh, yeah. There was some they, politician, they, Yeah, they it? completely fell in love with her. That was super uh, weird. I think it's always strange. Uh, I think it was funny. And it was like, this is just really cool. But yeah. it was a bit... People people can be a bit creepy. Let's, yes, let's just leave it yes, there. Yes, they can. Yeah. I would say also Japanophiles can be especially creepy, especially if they're from the West. Oh, and... God, like when I was there, like it, I was so conscious to not be a weeb. 
Right. Like so conscious, like because you see how some weebs go on mm. and it's just like it's proper cringe inducing and it's like really bad. When I was there, I made sure to just be sort of respectful and not freak out too much if I saw something cool. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, look, a huge Gundam statue inside. I'm just oh my like, God. take a photo. Take a photo with me. I'm just quickly like. But equally, you're not you're not buying a Gundam body pillow. No, so there would no. still be a huge difference. There's time yet, then. Well, we'll see, won't yeah. we? I'm sure you'll go back to Japan at some point. After nine years as creative director and art director at Tango and Zenimax, Nakamura wrote today on Twitter, I felt here is one and hang on, here is I, fe- I felt here is one of ends of the journey. I'm assuming that was translated. Yes. Contact me if anyone wants to work with me. Although she made a splash this year at the games industry's biggest trade show, Nakamura has long been an industry veteran. She's had a hand in games like Okami, Bayonetta, and Resident Evil 2, but it's her affable on-stage presence and natural charisma that people will likely miss most in the short term. So, yeah, I hope the game's okay. You know, because I mean, it's, we... it's probably in good hands, given that the evil within was was always pretty all right. It was pretty, yeah, you know, all right experience. Spine. Shinji Mikami's still there. He's the he's the Resident Evil yeah. big boy. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, all we've seen is this is this trailer. I suppose it's notable because it, it made a bit of a splash because of her. Yeah, she was like she she outshone the game, and they yeah, didn't she... even show any gameplay footage. But but everywhere she went, it was just sort of like what's the context? So the the name of the game was getting out there constantly yeah and it was and now she's gone and so i hope the game continues to get uh, as much publicity as it, as it did when she was working on it but good for her i hope things are hope things are well and i hope she lands on her feet and goes somewhere super rad because it seems like she's got a lot of experience and uh she'd be a great spokesperson i think anyone who takes her on board will get a big pr rub and, well, and immediate interest. Maybe she left because they were just like, we just want you to present everything all the time. Maybe. And she was like, I can't present everything all the time. Ikumi Nakamura merchandise. I would like for that studio to uh, do what they would did for The Evil Within, though. Uh, they did like a full series of behind the scenes on production of the game. Mm-hmm. And there was a, like a full 20-minute episode on sound effects. Oh, And they wow. sat with the Foley artist and uh, they sort of went shopping with him. Okay. And he bought a load of watermelons and like potato chips and right. just various foods. And he'd just combine them or do stuff in his hand or like he'd just be sort of like eating melon and like raw noodles to make all these horrible noises. And right. then you'd see it like side by side and you're like, oh, that's where that noise comes from. That makes that noise. Yeah. yeah that would be interesting. Yeah. Right. It's time to move on to another question, Sam. Right. Do you want to get this one as well? <clears throat> yeah, I'll get this one. So this is from uh, Sputnik. Uh, Having recently returned to Sekiro Shadows Die twice, having given up on it shortly after its release, I am finding it so much easier this time around. Are there any games that you've given up on for one reason or another, and when you've gone back to them, found them so much easier or better? This doesn't happen so much to me anymore, because... I only because I'm the best at games. Because I finish everything. <laughs> no, Sekiro, definitely Sekiro for me. But well, actually, no, I haven't gone back to Sekiro. But in terms of giving up on games, Sekiro yeah. for sure, I've given up on. But usually now I just play stuff that I'm actually interested in. There's mm. very few things I start and rage to. Actually, no, you know what? I do this a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, have you got any that you've that you've given up on recently and then gone back to, or just given up on in general? I, I give up on a lot of games, uh, and I will go back to them quite a lot. It's I just tend to. 
I find it really hard now to do what I was always able to do as a kid and uh, just sit for like five hours, six hours and just play a game. Yeah. So now I will get like an hour into something. I will die against one boss and I'll just be like, eh, and I'll come back to it two <laughs> weeks later. But I think the biggest one for me ever was Mist because I, okay. I, I tried to play Mist as a kid and I didn't understand, obviously didn't understand it because it's just, it's impossible to understand at the best of times. Mm -hmm. But um, when I came back to it, like I think it was last year or the year before, uh, I could gently understand the puzzles a little bit better, and it was it was quite like a oh like I always hated this game because I never understood it. Now it's all right. And right. the other one is Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls, I've tried so hard. Like I'm just not built for that sort of gameplay. I every year I'll try, right? And I'll I'll get a little bit into it or a little bit further into it, and I just I I can't do it. It just makes me so angry, <laughs> right? Well, I, I get that one because that is one of the ones I've got down here. Both Demon's yeah. Souls and Dark Souls 1 were games that I picked up shortly after. I picked up, I pre-ordered Dark Souls 1 and I played Demon's Souls like a year after it came out because one of my friends was just raving about it. Yeah. Um, and both times I got to maybe the first boss or just past the first boss and then thought, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not having fun with this. And this was also a time when my internet was crap and the PS3 online infrastructure was crap you know there was no vo no uh, i was gonna say voice acting there was no voice chat or anything yeah. really for when you're playing games so you know if you wanted to play games you had to boot up skype on your computer as well and talk to yeah. people that's just what you had to do at the time um and so i gave up on those games now what it sounds like you need which is what i needed at the time yeah was and i i've talked about it a few times on this podcast and every time are you gonna I, say a kick up the ass no <laughs> Yeah, I always do, every week I'm like, <laughs> right, it's, it's ass kicking time. Um, no, I, I always forget the name of what it is. There's a, there's a particular name for it within the Dark Souls community as yeah. well. You basically you need a you need a, a guide, right? You need a herald, someone who is very familiar with the game who can play it through with you and guide you through it. Right, your okay. First time I had that when I came back to it, my friend who'd encouraged me to get Dark Souls and Demon Souls just sat there and we played it through. Uh, with with one of my other friends as well, all three of us just played through all of the games, and uh, well, at the time it was just Dark Souls One and Demon Souls, but like we played through them back to back, and it was a revelation. I was immediately like, I'm, I am, I was so bad at them. Still, yeah. I was so bad at them, but that made it that much more exciting because I was just clinging on every word that my guide was saying. Yeah. And when I had to play through bits on my own, I was terrified, <laughs> and I was like, okay, right, I can see that. What do I do? What do I? And now, of course, I'm like. Just, you know, it's no big deal. I'm just running around in my pants and just rolling <laughs> off things and stuff. But, like, I think that's what helped me the most. So if you ever get a PS4, I know you've got one. I've got a PS4, somewhere. yeah. But if you get it on PS4, we should play through it together. Right. It, just, it makes the world of difference to have someone with you to sort of guide you. And it's such a it's such an experience. Yeah. Uh, but that was one for me. Dark Souls 1 um, and Demon's Souls. Final Fantasy 13. That was oh that was a whole boy. different kettle of fish. I yeah. I tried. It was the other way around with me. I tried so hard to blindly love that game. Mm -hmm. I tried with all of my heart. I love Final Fantasy with everything that I am. Like Final Fantasy seven and nine and ten were my childhood for a large portion of it. it, yeah. it it's such an important franchise to me. And then thirteen, where oh, it was it was such a slog. You didn't like the crystal people. You didn't like the the Lassie and the Falsy and the the, the seaside. I and hated all the... every little bit of that game. Like the more I played it, the more I was like, "This is." It's about a big crystal again. That's nice, but like, oh no. Nah. Was it just that 
Let me see if I can put my finger on it. Was it every single character was utterly detestable? Yeah, and uh, like you had Lightning, who you're supposed to feel sympathy She's for. awful. But it was sort of like, you know, like uh, if you played him from a second son, you're supposed mm. to feel sorry for Delson Rowe, the main yeah, he's, character. He's a douchebag. And he's a douche. He's a massive douchebag. Um, I still he, like that game, but yeah, he's a yeah. douchebag. He's a real it's, douche. Oh, it's a great game, but yeah, you can't feel sympathy for somebody who's that thoroughly unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Kratos had it in some of in most yeah. of his games. But it's, I don't know, It was it was just... The characters seemed so one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. The the stupid Lycian Farsi challenges and stuff. Where it was like, we'll bring across all of the the uh, what do you call it? It's from ten. What were they like? The trials, cloister of trials oh, stuff. God. And yeah. it was that. And yeah, I just in the, the gameplay change. I'm, I'm always a big proponent of of turn-based or the Kingdom Hearts yeah. style fighting system as well to a degree, which fifteen had the, mm-hmm. the Kingdom Hearts style system. I like that. Um, but thirteen was. Agony. I tell you what, I did like. I liked the leveling up system. I liked the spiderweb stuff, and that was yeah. that was really satisfying to do. I, I really enjoyed that. And the music, of course, was amazing. Of course, yeah. And it was gorgeous at the time. But I stopped playing because I think at the time I had exams or something, and I was yeah. just trying to be. And I wasn't enjoying it anyway. But I stopped. And then, God, it was like I was halfway through. It was halfway through my time at university, and I was like, mm. you know what? I'm gonna, I'm going to finish this thing. <laughs> And I played it through up until the last boss, and then I stopped again. Yeah. And I, I still, I, so many people said, oh, it gets good 40 hours in. It bloody doesn't. It doesn't, no. It doesn't I, get any better. I slogged my way through it. I think I eventually beat it, because I remember that Christmas I was, like, looking forward to playing whatever game I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I somebody had got me for Christmas Final Fantasy XIII 2. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, like 10 2 didn't work. This ain't going to work. Uh, <laughs> and that was, yeah. But the thing was, I went to university with a girl called Sabine uh, from, she's from Malaysia, and she mm-hmm. loved 13. She she really? lived and died by 13. And like a lot of people I met, uh, like through her friends uh, that were from sort of Southeast Asia, uh, they they loved it. Maybe it's, it was huge over there, apparently. Maybe it spoke to, on sort of a cultural level, maybe it was more significant, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I imagine people whose first experience with Final Fantasy was that game might even weigh it yeah. much higher than anyone who's played They should all go play nine. One. Yes. <laughs> yeah, eight's out now. I know. I eight's didn't even know this out. was happening. Yeah, the Eight's HD the only one I've remastered. never played for any period of time. Really? Yeah. Because I nearly got to the end of eight, and that was one that I was I was late to it's the party on, and I never finished it. Eight that has the card game, right? Yeah. That everybody, yeah. like my oh, mates... No, nine's, nine's the card game. Nine's the card game. Yeah, eight is the weird... Uh, battle system that I could never really yeah. get my head around but uh, yeah I remember my mates found out whichever game it was that had the yeah it's 9 that has the car game uh, they found like an online version of it uh, and mm. would sit and play it for hours and it was so boring ah. like I I enjoy it <laughs> but I don't want to sit and play it for hours <laughs> I started the the HD remaster of 9 uh, when it when it came out and yeah. I did everything I could to get as many cards as possible but I forgot how the how the game worked the card game worked so I was like okay I'm way ahead of the curve right now like I've got <laughs> I've got my card deck I've got enough cards to play a game played against someone lost they took all my cards <laughs> and I was like oh yeah this is how this works you yeah. know what screw this actually I don't want to play this anymore um did but, you get the yeah. uh, the lovely uh, remastered theme Oh, I don't know that I did actually. Because uh, I, I got the theme, and it's as much as I love the Final Fantasy IX theme, because mm-hmm. uh, it's some of Nomura's finest work is the score of that game, mm-hmm. uh, especially Vamo a la Flamenco. It's one of the best, like when you're sort of just doing the the fight scene. Great. Oh, yeah. Um, but the 
yeah, the the main theme, it's sort of like all like plinky plonky synthy mm-hmm. um, and sort of medieval, and it's great. It's one of my favorite bits of music. But every single time I boot up my PS4 now, it's just a and it's like four bars just repeated, and it's like ah. It's, it does sound like a bit like a child wailing a bit doesn't it? or complaining <laughs> that's just been auto-tuned I had the Final Fantasy 7 one for a long time yeah. as well which also just sort of started to slowly I don't have the menu music on on my PS4 yeah. anymore just because it's, it's I, too much I'll leave it on for my uh, was it oh, what was it called was it Fire the, the one where you played Fire Warden um, and it's sort of like a walking simulator it's a Firewatch oh yeah Firewatch is one yeah so the, yeah. the theme for that was great and it's sort of got like a nice gentle acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and that was really cool yeah. um yeah that's i think the only one i'll leave the music on for and my final fantasy 9 one because everybody has to suffer if i'm going to suffer yeah exactly so. journey has a good theme as well that was a good one uh one thing that i should have mentioned actually a little while ago on weird news was that when they announced that this game was coming out shortly after this is final fantasy 8 yeah the remaster that's been released this week there was an infamous part of that game where you're at some kind of dance on the PS1 version. Yeah. And I can't remember what she's called. Is it Renoa? I have no idea. I don't know if I've got the wrong game. All I know out of that game is Squall. Uh, Yeah, okay. So I think it's Squall and Renoa. So forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, uh, Renoa, if that is your real name, is at this dance with Squall. And Squall stood there. And Renoa says... Why would I want to dance with anyone else? You're the most handsome man here. And it's it's so memed because it's PS1 graphics yeah. and it's just this like mush of pixels. And it's it's just the hit most hideous thing and it's brilliant. Yeah. And before it came out, Square Enix tweeted, You're the most handsome man here. And that's one of the things they've changed is that he now practically looks like handsome Squidward. <laughs> where in that scene he's just like weirdly, like sculpted. really sculpted and handsome. It's amazing. It's so good. But um, I, I may pick that up. I may play that eventually when I get this. But Borderlands next week, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> At some point, maybe. It's time to move on, Sam. Yes. To a massive discussion. Are you ready? I am. I'm prepared. My it, body is ready. It's big discussion time. This big discussion, Sam, comes mm-hmm. from Jack Bradshaw. Right. Who asks question for Sam? Oh. Growing it's up. It's me themed. It is you themed. What were your favorite video games to play and what console did you play on the most? So Sam, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your video game journey. Where did you begin? So Where did you come from? Where did you go? Uh, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> it's a song about a woman leaving her husband. Is it? Yeah. It's very upbeat, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, I began on the Sega Master System uh, mm-hmm. as early as I can remember back. I think my dad got it when I was like one, when it came out in like... 91, 92, whenever they did the Master System 2. So you've always been a Sega guy? I was indoctrinated into the cult of Sega very early. <laughs> right. um, but I think you had the the Master System 1 because that went to my grandma's house, the, the big long one. And uh, whenever we were at grandma's, we'd play on the Master System 1. I had the one with the built-in Sonic the Hedgehog. That one had built-in Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, that was it. Like I'd sit and I'd watch my dad play Sonic. I would just mill around on Green Hill Zone One, like as a four-year-old, not knowing what I was doing. And my dad could like beat Sonic pretty quickly. Like we could do it in an evening, like because nice. it was obviously like back in the day, the games weren't huge on the Master System. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd go from Green Hill Zone to I think Bridge, and then Jungle, and then Labyrinth, and then you'd get to the the sort of 
the big airship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being captivated, like utterly captivated. And then as I sort of got to the point where I could physically play, I was playing like Asterix. Uh, Columns is one of my big guilty pleasures. I think it's a criminally underrated series and I would love to see a new Columns. What is Columns? Can you uh, describe Columns? Columns is sort of like, it's Tetrisy, uh, but it's sort of early, I guess, uh, Candy Crush. You've got three gems, essentially, and you can press A or B, and it will change the order of the gems, like they will move in order. And the goal is to get as many of the same color together in order to make them all disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more you can sort of stealthily put together, the higher your points get. So right. you can sort of get two ready to go, and then like you know have a whole line with a space between, and then drop one in, and then boom, it'll all go. Right, um, okay. So it's got that Tetris element, but it's it's really addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, Asterix, uh, The Great Rescue. I loved that game. And then when I was seven uh, at Christmas, all I wanted on Earth was a PlayStation. Yeah. All I wanted. And earlier that year, we did you ever have the PlayStation bus at shopping centers near you as a kid? Oh, I don't think so, no. I grew so, up in a village, and so we didn't go to that. So. We have, like, the metro center nearby. It's, it's it's always sort of one of the biggest shopping centers in Europe. They always try and keep building onto it to hold onto the, one of their top places or whatever they are. Right. Um, but they, I remember one day really vividly, because I'd never played a PlayStation before, and there was this bus, and it had Crash Bandicoot on the side of it. It had all these characters on the side of it mm-hmm. that were, like, sort of, you know, games that were coming and all this stuff, and a big PlayStation logo. And we went on the bus. And up to this point, my dad was like, they're really expensive. And I didn't get to play anything. I think my dad played something because I was so small. I couldn't really see the screens. Um, And then they gave us a copy of PlayStation Magazine. And I would sit and just read this magazine (laughs) and look over all the games thinking about this is amazing. And then that Christmas, I I got a PlayStation. Amazing. And I'll never forget it. Like, it's I can still remember going downstairs and opening the box and then the first thing we did was play Gran Turismo because we didn't have many driving games for the Master System. There was like mm-hmm. Ayrton Senna F1, which is, you know, that outrunny style game where you're just going straight and then all of a sudden it's a hairpin left and right. you'll always crash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember my dad just being sort of silent when he was look, looking at it going, this is like... And it's comical now, like, mm-hmm. because when you look back, the graphics are awful. But, like, my dad just going silent looking at it going like this is ridiculous, it looks real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he'd come from 2600, like he'd been gaming since, he'd always been sort of 2D, side-scrolly games. Yeah. Uh, this was his first 3D, we had Cool Borders 2, and then eventually I got Tombi, mm-hmm. and Tombi was a great deal in my childhood. That was like such a good game. It's uh, anybody doesn't know what it is. It's one of the most sought after PS One games. I think Peter's if you have got a it. physical copy, uh, you play as this pink haired guy called Tombi, uh, and in the land the game is set in, there are these evil pigs, and the evil pigs are sort of magical. Um, they've been sort of released from their prison, and they have this army of pigs that have pitchforks to try and kill you. You got to sort of jump on them. The whole crack is they're stealing everybody's gold. Uh, and they've stolen your granddad's bracelet. So you go out to get it back. But to do that, you have to defeat all of the evil pigs. And it's like a weird platformer, RPG. It's so hard to describe, but there's still stuff I haven't done in that game today. Really? Like, I go back to it, and there's still stuff I just don't know what to do. Klonoa, Daughter Phantom Mill, mm-hmm. great game. Um, Cooler World. Oh, just so many, <laughs> so many memories. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like... Yeah, the, the PS1, I think, was probably the console I played the most until, obviously, I got the PS2, and then you had Kingdom Hearts and everything. But, yeah, I I had Game Boys and stuff, but 
that was sort of irrelevant at that point. Obviously, I caned a lot of Pokemon as a kid. So right. Who didn't? But yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it was, I think, the PS1. That was Amazing. where I completely fell in love with gaming. And currently, you're playing Dreamcast, but what else What else are you on? What else are you doing? Uh, so I've got a Switch. I've got an Xbox One. I've got a GameCube. Like James, uh, the your editor, yeah, James, yeah. Uh, the Triple Jump editor, uh, he lent me, because I lent them some Switch games, he lent me Mario Sunshine. I haven't yet ah. uh, played that. I mm-hmm. played it as a kid, like in Argos, for five minutes. Right. Um, but I've always wanted to play that, so I'm going to go back through that. I just sort of lean back on old stuff. I'm really into retro gaming and... Uh, as much as I love modern day gaming, uh, mm-hmm. like the biggest sort of reveal for me that gaming could be more than just sort of blips and sort of sports based games was Broken Sword uh, and everything by Revolution Software. The, they are, f- for my money, just the best in the world at what they do. Uh, they've got Beyond a Steel Sky coming out soon, which is going to be amazing. Uh, they're based in York as well, so they're like a lovely British company. Nice. But, Broken Sword, we got this like help charity compilation that had Road Rash on it, and that's the only reason my dad wanted it, it's because he wanted to play Road Rash. <laughs> okay. um, but it had Road Rash, uh, Broken Sword, and Mist. Uh, and obviously, Mist was impossible. Even my dad was like, no, not playing that. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and Broken Sword, he was like, you probably won't like it. So I just never bothered with it. And one bore, like boring Sunday, I put this disc in, and it's all animated by Dave Gibbons, who drew Watchmen. Um, oh, right. And the opening sequence is like of the original game anyway, the remastered one you can get on iOS as a director's cut with a new intro. But the original starts with just a guy on holiday in Paris and this clown comes up to him and he just like sort of brushes it off and he goes inside this cafe the guy sat out in front of and then moments later the clown comes sprinting out and the cafe explodes. Mm-hmm. And you're just thrown into this adventure that spans the whole world and it's point and click. And I remember going, this is crazy, it's like a film. Yeah. Uh, and that for me, yeah, that was, really it but yeah I'm, I sort of just lean back on old it's like my taste in music I just sort of there'll be something new comes out and I'm like oh, that's really cool I'm gonna go back and listen to Pink Floyd <laughs> and then I always beat myself up about it I'll come to a game so late because of that but then yeah. you can get it with all the DLC which is yeah. how games are now what about you what was your experiences with gaming oh man um I started off with uh, I think my first experience was probably playing on my aunt's original Game Boy uh, the really big, the big grey boy yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my cousin had a Mega Drive and an N64, and I got my Game Boy Color, and then I eventually got my PS1 and then PS2. And then it was with, we talked about it a lot on the podcast before, so I'll sort of streamline yeah. through it, but the, the PSP is where I really started to be into games. Like, yeah. I always liked games, but it was on the lead up to the, the I pre ordered the PSP with my own money. And like was That's reading a magazines. Like, I don't think I'd ever expect anybody to say it was the PSP was the thing that got them yeah, really well, into games. I suppose it's not. It wasn't the PSP itself. It was the act of pre-ordering the PSP. Yeah. Because on the lead up to that, I started reading magazines for the first time properly, and I started to do my research properly. And then ever since the PSP came out, I think the PSP is great, but it's not my favorite handheld. Yeah. There's some great games on it, but it it didn't change the world for me at least, mm. even though it was massively successful. Um, it was after it was after the PSP came out that I just continued to stay in the sort of gaming sphere. Yeah. And when the PS3 was announced and started ramping up and stuff like that was it. I was just completely hooked and I've I've been hooked ever since just as uh, just I wanted to work in games journalism and do game stuff and went to uni and did radio and then I got to the my final year of uni and I was like I 
I actually, you know what? I hate radio. <laughs> the, pe- the people who work in radio don't seem very nice. And so I, d- I did everything I could to start making a sort of shift towards doing game stuff. And I worked for free for a very long time. And yeah. eventually, eventually here we are. But uh, yeah, it was the PSP was the was the tipping point for me. What did you pre-order it with? I think it came with Medieval, which is probably why I dislike Medieval so much. Really? Yeah. Is it because you only had that to play for so long? Yeah, well, I, yeah that. And I remember Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out, and that was fantastic on PSP. Yeah. But it probably wasn't, but I remember it being fantastic yeah. on PSP. But uh, yeah. Did you ever buy a Vita? Oh, yeah. I think the Vita's yeah. fantastic. The Vita's it's one of the most underrated consoles. consoles of all time. So, so good. They're shutting down the store next year, I think, aren't they? So sad. Yeah. Such a shame. Which is why, if you're going to get one, you need to preload it full of all your games. I got mine for like 40 quid. Really? Like, yeah, from like a CEX They're or something. so yeah. cheap. And I've spoken about it before, and I will until my dying breath. You need to get a PlayStation TV, yeah. is what they're called, which is the PlayStation just Vita, Vita just in a box that plugs into it's, your TV. It's about twice the size of a Fire Stick. Yeah. And you can just use a PS4 control, right? Yeah, yeah. or a PS3 controller. You can, if the store's still active, you can download a load of different PlayStation 1 classic games. You can yeah. play PSP games on it. You can play PS Vita games on it. It's, it's phenomenal. It's such a great little thing, and it's so cheap. But anyway... That's that. I think it's time we move on to the end now, Sam. Yes. Would you like to read these nice plugs? These nice plugs. So you can find Triple Jump on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash team triple jump. You can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. You can find them on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash team triple jump. There's a theme here. (laughs) You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash team triple jump you guessed it yes you can find them on patreon and as as we said throughout this uh, if you want to get your questions on the podcast this is the way to do it is to help us out on patreon mm-hmm. uh, it's patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and then the podcast That's this is where things differ a little a weird bit weird one is <clears throat> play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash Team Triple Jump. Or just Triple Jump. Oh, is it just Triple Jump? Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it's weird. But we're on everything. If you search Triple Jump, you'll find us on iTunes and Spotify and so on. Yep. Uh, The website, if you want to come and check stuff out and go look at the store, is triplej.mup. Yes. Uh, And then Discord is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump thank you very much sam um i would quickly like to say that we've had all sorts of issues with the website this past week yes apparently it's the, being looked into and the server our, our server host is being ddosed at the moment apparently so hopefully we're going to move server and things will, will improve but we've got job vacancies at the moment i would like to assure everyone who has sent an email applying that that has come through and we will we're just there's no deadline yet but yeah. just uh, as and when you can get onto the site feel free to apply We've got freelance writer uh, and freelance video editor positions, so please feel free to have a look at that. Now, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do at less underscore defined for Sam and at Ben Potter 20 for me. And on Twitter, at less defined, no underscore. No underscore. And at confused underscore dude for me. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday being on Twitch. Thursday being on YouTube. Worst games ever is fortnightly. It's a worst games ever week, Sam. Is it? Yep. So if What's you're the a, game this week? That's a secret. Is it secret? It's a secret. Oh, I'm going to go on the back end and have a look. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can tell you now. Like. <laughs> oh, it's a really bad one. Uh, but if you were, if you're a patron of a certain tier, you get it two days early. So patrons will already know because they've they watched it on Friday. But everybody else gets it on Sunday. So you will still be able to see it soon. The podcast is, of course, every Saturday. There was also a Rules Boss episode this week that went out on Friday. 
Uh, some people got a sneak peek at it because Rules Boss was apparently put in charge of social media scheduling, and the tweet went out on on Wednesday <laughs> night. So it was up for three hours. I'm sure people hastily uh, taken down. Some some people saw the the thumbnail and the description of the video, but obviously the there video wasn't live yet. Black so. market copies being distributed worldwide. People are sharing that thumbnail thumb drive, around. Yeah. yeah, so you can see it. But the 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 actual episode will be out on Friday if you'd like to see that. Finally. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. And we just have time to go back to today's sponsor, Sam, which is the OAP Antivirus Shield. Uh, if you would like to keep those those pesky opes away when they're talking down to you about your video games or taking all the pastries at Greg's because they, for some reason, can't get enough of just the pastries during the week when everyone else is at work. So they've got yeah. to be there on Saturday morning when everyone else is trying to get on with their life. <laughs> then you need the real knight and shield that comes with the OAP antivirus shield, and uh, you can get that from a website. I don't, I don't have any more information. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> maybe you just sort of, maybe it's like Father Christmas, and you just sort of you wish put your it. letter into the yeah. fire, and it'll get to him. Magical. Sam, before we go though, yep, you've got all kinds of stuff going on over at Cultaholic. Would you like to let the people know where where you is? Uh, so we are at youtube.com forward slash cultaholic, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the only one that's different is Instagram, which is uh, we are cultaholic um, because there's somebody snuck in there, I think, and got cultaholic Son before. Um, but yeah, we, we upload lists. We upload uh, like what happened to's for older wrestlers, people from certain events, times and eras, things like that. Uh, we have a range of podcast content, some going out daily, including a daily news podcast. There's just every WTF moments, graded coverage, news. If you're into wrestling, give us a look. It's the one-stop shop. Everything you could possibly need. It's a fantastic oh, website. Punishments. Lots of punishments. I've got to go yeah. spend a night in the woods again soon. What was that as a result of? Uh, I lost at All Out because uh, Chris Jericho won. Chris Jericho. And then he went and lost his belt, didn't he? Yeah. Well, an idiot. Silly. A little bit of the bubbly, am I right? <laughs> okay, we've got to go now. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs>